We do love you, Lord. Uh, we're grateful that you turn graves into glory and you take us from our ashes and uh, make something of us. And I love that graves into gardens idea, uh, beautiful imagery in our minds, what our God is able to do. I'm uh, extra excited this morning here Sunday. Um, it's a beautiful day God's given us. It's sunny outside, and uh, we were given uh, a ruling by our governor here in Indiana uh, this week that impacts how we respond as a church and allows us um, to rethink how we've been doing church over the last seven weeks. It's been an interesting journey for all of us uh, each week over the last uh, seven weeks. We've walked into an empty auditorium. Uh, like it is this morning, uh, today, uh, but we have a worship team and tech team and those that are serving. That's going to change, praise God, as we move forward, uh, and we're going to move forward uh, with wisdom, and I'm going to unpack what we're going to do as a church uh, even next week, Mother's Day, uh, and so hold on for that, and I'm going to unpack and, and, and encourage you to address this attitude that uh, we're looking at in the Bible even this morning and changes on the horizon. I was looking up this morning or this week at some, some quotes on change. Just listen to a couple of these quotes. If we don't change, we don't grow. If we don't grow, we really aren't living. How true that is. Nothing happens unless something is moved. All great changes are preceded by, by chaos. Um, how many of you would say it's felt pretty chaotic over the last uh, seven, six, seven weeks? And, but hopefully through this process, we all have grown. And hopefully through this process, we haven't just survived, but we've thrived. And hopefully as we move forward, we'll continue uh, to grow and learn from God and say, Lord, what is it that you want to teach us? So we're still finding out what's new. We're still adjusting even as we go. And it's a beautiful thing to think through what's going to come in front of us. I mean, think about some of the adjustments that you made. I, this week, I was trying to process how many handshakes I've had over the last six to seven weeks. I, barely any. I mean, obviously, I can hug my wife and hold her hand. So Isaiah, our younger son and I, we just, and Josh was there too, and we just shook hands. Like, it felt so weird to shake a hand. And so we've seen a new way, we would say, of doing life. And we need to adjust even going forward because moving forward, it'll be new, completely new from compared to what it was prior to COVID-19 and moving forward with COVID-19. I think it requires a, a certain kind of person to adjust and trust in God. And today we're going to look at a man that I think handled chaos, handled uncertainty, handled something new, I would say as good as it may be better than anyone, and I would say in the Bible. Now, that's my general opinion, and you might disagree, and I'm fine with that, and obviously Jesus did the best. But before we get to this man, I want to address what kind of leadership I believe this man had. I believe there are three kinds of leaders. Carrie Newoff put an article out recently that I would say is phenomenal in regards to how to lead through chaos. And he described three kinds of leaders, and this leader here that we're looking at today, I would say is this third kind of leader. He said there are three kinds of leaders that find themselves 
uh, how they walk through chaos. There is a frozen leader, there is a hesitant leader, and there is an agile leader. And so as we walk through these times, we need to be very agile in how we respond to what's there. And the leader that I'm going to look at today, we have a lot to learn from him, and hopefully we will, and we'll apply it to our own lives. But I want you to think through some of these characteristics of three kinds of leaders, and then ask yourself, do I have some areas to grow? And maybe this will help my home, maybe this will help the workplace that I'm in, maybe it'll help the teams that I'm on. But as you hear these characteristics about leaders, frozen, uh, hesitant, and agile, ask yourself, what kind of leader have I been? What kind of person have I been? Here are some of the characteristics in regards to frozen leaders that, that Carrie Newoff put together, which I think are really good. He says this, the thought of the bubble of a frozen leader sounds like this. I can't believe this is happening. All this is out of my control. Nobody can recover from this. Everyone else is affected in the same way. There's really nothing I can do. Organizations and leaders with more resources can handle this, but we can't or I can't. Nobody prepared me for this. We are so far behind, we can't possibly catch up. And Newoff said this, when you drill down on it, frozen leaders focus on what they can't control, not on what they can control. So as you heard those characteristics, did you find yourself in that category? Hopefully we move from that category into more of an agile leader. The second kind of leader in chaos is a hesitant leader. Newoff says this, the second kind of leader is a hesitant leader. Hesitant leaders aren't frozen leaders, but they haven't got all the characteristics of agile leaders. Hesitant leaders change, but they're more likely to only change as little as they have to. Hesitant leaders try to make as few changes as possible, and they're anxious to get into a predictable system as soon as possible. They operate better with a plan. They operate better with a product, and it's difficult for them to function without a, a, a plan, and they can't wait to get into a plan. And then he says this in regards to hesitant leaders. They only partially embrace change, then they hesitate. Here's the characteristics of a hesitant leader. When things, when will things go back to normal? We've already made a bunch of changes, and so let's lock in for a while. Do, do we have to pivot again? Really? Can't we just do this for a little longer? Look, I know that's a, a, an idea might be a good one, but let's just keep the things the way they are. Now, we need some stability, a hesitant leader says. Then they'll say this, the results we're getting now are good enough. We're surviving, others aren't. And so suboptimal responses today can lead to even deeper problems in the new normal whenever that comes. Newoff then addresses what he would say is an agile leader. And this is the best kind of leader to walk through chaos. Here's what he says, the best kind of leadership style in a crisis is an agile leader. An agile leadership is flexible leadership, the ability to pivot and change not just once, but as often as changing conditions warrant. In a crisis, agility is ability, 
Flexibility is superpower. The reason agility is so important is that a crisis means there are no clear answers and no immediate end in sight. Problems can be solved. Crises have to be managed daily. Agile leaders aren't opportunistic, but they do realize that crisis produces opportunities to innovate and even grow. The thoughts that run through an agile leader's mind are this. Our mission is too important to let this crisis kill it. That method isn't working. Let's try a new one. Okay, we've done that for a few weeks. What if we tried it this way to see if it's even more effective? Things have changed again. What does this make possible? Anyone have another perspective that can help us move forward? What are other people doing that's making a difference? How can we adapt to that? What do we need to do now that will help us advance our mission? How are we going to get to the new normal stronger and better? Let's do that then. Notice, Newoff says, that the agile leader doesn't have all the answers. He or she is simply committed to continually asking questions. The frozen leader makes statements. The hesitant leader asks a few and then stops. In many ways, the agile leader is the opposite of the frozen leader. Agile leaders focus on what they can control, not on what they can't, which is why they thrive. Too many leaders sacrifice the mission in the name of finding predictable methods. Agile leaders are willing to continually sacrifice methods to advance the mission. We find a man in scripture that I would say was handed a pretty precarious situation. And not only precarious, but never happened before. And I would say that this leader that we'll see today was a very agile leader. Grab your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 8 of Genesis chapter 6. Let's take a look at what I would say was a very agile leader. Genesis 6, verses 5 to 8. Would you read it with me right there in that room where you're at? The Lord saw how great wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. God's heart was troubled as he looked at mankind. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. And then he says this, but, look at the conjunction. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of this wickedness, in the midst of the troubled heart of even our God, in the midst of him looking at mankind and saying that evil was running rampant and that, there, that I need, God said, to remove everyone, he found a faithful man on planet Earth. And his name was Noah. And he was ready to wipe things out. And Noah was about to face something that he had never faced before. Life as it was would never be the same again. 
one faithful, agile leader would lead his family, and we would say, the world through this chaos. Look at chapter 6 and look at verse 13. Look what unpacks next in this account. Chapter 6 and verse 13 said, So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. And then he goes through this list of how he's about to build it. Change was on the horizon for Noah. And an end to the way he and his family did life. Which would lead to a new way forward and there would be some collateral damage, some chaotic things that will unpack on planet Earth while it took place. He was asked to do something that he had never done before. And by the way, he kept Menards in business for 20 to 60 years building this ark. So he was given something that one day he woke up that he never expected would happen. He wasn't an ark builder. There wasn't manuals laying around. How do I get through? God came to him and said, I'm wiping out everyone else, but you, Noah, will lead my people that are left through this chaos. And never once does Noah say, I can't do that. He just has agility, responds and trusts in God, he doesn't have a plan or a method. He's not relying on a 10-step way. He's just saying, I'll make decisions as we go, and whatever's best, let's do it. Look what happens next in this account, how Noah responds in chapter 7 in verses 4 and 5. Seven days from now, I will send rain on earth, God said, for 40 days and 40 nights. And I will wipe from the face of the earth Every living creature I have made. Look what Noah does next. Look at his response. Can you imagine waking up one day and God coming to you and said, tomorrow there will be no other people on earth but your family. There will be water that will cover the land and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights and the very boat or ark that you're building, your family will survive in it. Can you imagine being Noah? I've never built a boat. How is that going to be possible? Watch his response. Watch this agile leader respond to God. Look what he says. Verse 5. And Noah complained and griped and said, we can't do it. It's too hard. And Noah said, I need a blueprint. Show me how. Can we go back and revisit? No, he says, and Noah did what? What's the word? What's the word? All that the Lord had commanded him. He remained faithful and trusted in God in spite of being called to do something, hear me out, that was utterly ridiculous. And he had no idea how to do it, but he trusted if God called him to it, then he would show him how to do it. Anyone feel that way? I know I certainly do, and probably you do in your homes, and probably you do as an employer, as an employee, or maybe as a college student, or a high school student, or a teacher, or a coach, or a, a parent. Maybe all of a sudden, this new normal that, that you're facing, it's like, I've never done this before, but we have to believe if God called us to it, he'll show us how to do it. Can I get an amen to that? We need to adjust as we come along to God. 
He was called to do something. He had no idea how to do it, but he trusted that if God was there, he could do it. I'm not sure as we look forward what the new normal would look like, even as we began to meet. I don't have any idea what it was like for Noah to collect animals. Like, we're having difficulty taking a picture of the Baltimore Oreo on a bird feeder, let alone catch one. I have no idea what that's like. But hear me just say this to you at Grace Community Church. I have watched you adjust to things that you've never done before. And I am so proud of you. The way you have responded to this new way of doing life. You have been hope dealers to the world. Think about Noah as he walked through this and he sat down with his wife and says, hey, by the way, in my quiet time this morning when I was talking to God, here's what he said is going to happen. Uh, it's going to start raining tomorrow and for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, God's going to wipe out all mankind and uh, we have to make a trip to Menards every day for 40 years, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine, like, his wife? You know, not only did he lead, but his wife and his sons were willing to. Can you imagine this big boat as it began to be built? Some think it takes 20 to 60 years. I, I don't believe it took 100 years to build if you do the math. But in any case, even if it took a year to build, can you imagine this big symbol of hope in the front yard or this big symbol of this boat in his front yard and tours would come by every day and they would laugh? Look at this dude, he's building this boat and he keeps saying like, he keeps saying it's going to rain and, and then we're going to flood the earth and, and it's going to rain. Like, can you imagine the schoolyard jokes that the kids had to deal with who, who were Moses or Noah's sons and, and Noah's son's children and his grandchildren? Can you imagine what they dealt with? Watch what happens next in this account. Look at chapter 7 and verse 24. Watch this agile leader move. It says in verse 22, it says, everything on the dry land that had breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who, with him in the ark. And then in verse 24 says, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. But look at verse 1 of chapter 8. But God, what? What's it say there? Remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. But God remembered his promise that he wouldn't destroy Noah and his family. And help was on the way. You see, God always provides a way out. And listen to me, he is good on his promises. And he can do things that have never been done before. A big lesson for me as I've been walking through this, even with you and my family, in the journey has, don't rely on you yourself, Jim, but rely on God. He has a way through this. Each morning, Mo, Noah had to make a decision. Trust God, trust God. Each nail that he nailed into this ark that was this big picture of trust and faith and hope and I'm sure after a while it got old because people were making fun of him and and he would go to the local cafe and they would move to other tables there comes the crazy lunatic Noah 
But every morning he continued to be faithful. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Even if no one else trusts you, I trust you. Another nail. I trust you. I trust you. The wind that morning must have been a big dose of hope for Noah and his family. After a year of lockdown and quarantine on a boat, can you imagine with stinky animals, you think we have it bad? Can you imagine just staying confined? You can't even walk on dry ground. All that you're able to do is see water and you're confined by animals and family and children and you can't go for a run. You think or we think we have it bad. How about a year? 360 days of lockdown and quarantine. But then there was this breath from heaven that came. Watch what happens in Genesis chapter 8, verses 15. It says, Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. I wonder if they didn't just sprint out. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds and the animals and the creatures that move along the ground. And it says in verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all, of all the clean animals and birds he sacrificed burnt offerings. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and we get all four of those in one season in Indiana, day and night will never cease. God made a promise, and they offered a praise offering. And then it says this in Genesis chapter 9, in verses 12 to 16. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. That's us. Never again, God said, will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on planet earth. Eight people made it out and started over with a new way forward. There wasn't an instruction manual lying around. All they had to do was trust God and find the way with him. There were lots of questions, I'm sure, that surfaced, and many uncertainties amongst his own family. But what they knew for sure was this, is what we know for sure is this. Even though we don't have all the answers, even though we have to be agile, even though we can't remain frozen, even though we need to move beyond being hesitant, we know that God is with us and he will get us through it. Amen? So where does that leave us this morning? There's a road ahead that we have never traveled. Yet he got us through the last seven weeks and he'll get us through the next part of the journey. Amen to that? Some of you will be called to do things in the days ahead and weeks ahead that you've never been called to do. Some of us will be able to do things that other of us can't. 
But hear me out as we move forward as a church called Grace Community. We'll do this together. And we will do our best to honor God and exalt the name of Jesus Christ because that's why we're here. This week, here at Grace, we watched, as many of you watched, the governor give a ruling for us. And he laid out what we would say are five stages. I won't go through these five stages, but I'll give you the dates. The first stage is the one that we're in now, and it ends May the 4th. Guess what? That's soon, isn't it? (laughs) Stage three begins and ends, I would say, it, it, it begins and ends the 24th. Stage four begins the June 14th. And stage five puts us into another whole new, we would say, unrestricted area, which is July 4th. And so churches even have their own page. In fact, I have in front of me a 20-page document that we have scanned and looked at and read in detail. And we spent time even right away after the broadcast. And I met with Pastor Mike and I met with Pastor John. And there's a special section even for churches. We have found out what we can and what we can't do. There are words like consider, which doesn't mean that we shouldn't. And it means that we can if we choose to. And so as we move forward, we will make wise decisions to do so. And churches have their own pages. And so let me just process a few thoughts for you as we move forward. This is how I hope we move forward with these kind of attitudes even before we go into the details. My hope is this, as we walk forward into this new change, into this new time of reopening that we're loving. Above everything, let's just love one another. Let's have no gossip. Let's not talk behind backs about leaders and say, if I was doing it, this is the way I would do it. And let's not beat each other up. Let's, let's walk as one, loving one another and loving God. Can we do that? Let's be good stewards as we move forward. The body of Christ is a precious gift from God. And so every time that I think and you think about what's at stake, it's the body of Christ. And God has allowed us to meet and gather. And this is the precious bride of Christ. So let's be good stewards. Let's use wisdom. Everyone should pray and listen to God. Now, let me just say something. Sometimes fear is couched as wisdom. It goes like this. This is a wise thing to do, but in reality, it's a fearful response. It's a safe response instead of a wise response. Another characteristic, I hope, let's be good teammates. By the way, we're on the same team. Let's do what each one of us can do to move the ball down the field, okay? Let's don't run out of bounds. Let's don't intercept each other and run the opposite way. Let's move the ball down the field together. Let's be flexible. It might not be what you want, but it might be what's best for everyone. Let's use integrity. God's name is at stake. Let's be patient. It might mean we don't have to say what you're thinking at that moment. (laughs) Let's exude joy. Life with Jesus is enough. Even if that's all we have and that is enough, we can find great joy in just knowing that Jesus is with us. Let's be grateful and not, and not every day 
is we're grumbling. Let's, let's, let's have a positive attitude and see each day as a gift from God. Let's refuse to complain. Find the blessing in the journey. Let's check our attitudes. You have control over that. Listen, no grumps allowed. Can we say that to the husbands in, in the house? No grumps allowed? Let's throw fair out the door. Let's don't say, that's not fair. They get to, but we don't get to. Listen, if you struggle with fair, go to the cross and spend some time there. Let's pray for each other, daily with each other. Let's forgive each other. Hear me out. Mistakes will be made in the home and in Grace Community Church. Let's forgive each other. Let's remember this is not the ideal, but it's God's plan. It wasn't ideal for Noah, but he had the agility to move through it. And because he was willing to, we're here today. Can we give a hallelujah to Noah? Imagine how we can impact the generations to come. Let's make this work. Let's thrive and not just survive. Let's give up sacred cows. Things will change. Maybe even things you liked, maybe even things you liked during this social media technology time that you're saying, I still want that. Let's give up whatever needs to be given up for the sake of Jesus and what's best. Let's embrace the change. Let's keep growing. Let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. You know what that means? Let's trust each other. Thought and prayer. Let's believe the best in whomever is leading your household and whomever is leading Grace Community Church. Let's believe the best instead of always critiquing the moves that are made in the home and in the church. Let's trust each other. Let's stay on mission and never lose sight that this is not about us, by the way. Let's keep Jesus number one. That's why we gather. Amen? Here's the plan that we have for Grace Community Church. I'm excited about this. Um, This plan was just drafted. It wasn't lying around. We didn't get on the other side and get this information and say, hey, here's the plan. There wasn't a plan. We, like Noah, didn't have an opportunity to go to an owner's manual and say, this is the way we've always done it. So this is our plan. Per the governor's guidelines, we will open for in-person services next Sunday. Amen? Can I get amen to that? For now, as we transition back into in-person ministry, we will only be opening up our building on Sundays for now for ministry. Open gym, the park, Wednesday night ministries will still not meet in person at the building for the time being, just for now. We understand that many may not feel ready to come back on Sundays, and that's totally okay. We recognize that many have underlying health concerns that may put them at a higher risk group, or that they may just want to be cautious in this unusual time we are living We will continue to provide online services, 845, 1015, and 1145, as we have been so that you can stay connected and interact with one of the pastors from your home. We are excited that small groups can now start meeting as well up to groups of 25. Can we hear an amen for that, huh? We are excited about that. 
I know many of you are too. More than ever, you should really consider joining a small group if you're not currently in one. We will be recruiting volunteers to serve in children, greeting, and sanitary ministries. Please jump in and serve so we can continue to meet in person. Listen, we need you. We recognize that some leaders will step aside. We recognize that some will not be able to because of their broken immune system. So, hey, let's be a team. Instead of just sitting in the seats, let's jump in. And when the opportunities come this week, sign up, jump in. Be the best teammate that you can be. Here are the guidelines for Sunday we are being asked to follow and that we have adopted. So please listen to these. We need to sit in a way that honors the social distancing separation of a six feet. We have laid out the church, by the way, thanks to Myra Simpson. We have actually taken the whole church and she has plotted out all four auditoriums so that we know exactly the amount of chairs with six foot distancing that can happen in all four auditoriums. So here's the plan. We will use our North Auditorium, our South Auditorium, our High School Auditorium, and our Middle School Auditorium. By the way, pause and thank. Thank you to every person who gave to the capital campaign with our new youth edition. Because of you, we are able to meet on Sundays with more people. Thank you. You had no idea how that sacrifice you made would impact during this time. So here's how it's going to work. We also open, will open up kids' ministry areas in two, potentially two weeks and three weeks. For the time being, we are hopeful that we open up on March 17th, but our deadline will be March the 24th. We, what it means is this. With the four auditoriums that we have, we can potentially put 500 people in one service with the potential of 1,500 people in three services. And what we realize, however, married couples and families can place chairs together to allow more seating. So when you come in, you'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. If you're married or you have a family, you can sit together. In addition to the 1,500 potential people, we will offer FM radio listening in the South parking lot for those that would rather not meet in person but long to meet with others in cars. You will still need to practice six-foot distancing regulations. Obviously, that's much significantly less than our church family, which normally runs 2,500 to 3,000 people. Some will not be able or want to attend, and they continue to do it online. Some may want to gather in their small group to watch the servers, and that's a good option. Many will want to be able to come worship us in the building. We hear you. We can't wait either. either. It will be different. But here's the plan. So hear this out. Listen to me. This is how it's going to work. On this Wednesday and every Wednesday at 6 p.m., we will open up our church website to give you a chance to reserve your seat for Sunday morning. And since we have such a limited number of seats, we need to do it this way so that more people don't show up on Sunday than are allowed. We want to avoid turning people away at the door as much as we can. You'll be able to sign up for one of these four auditoriums and can print your ticket to bring it with you on Sunday. 
which will give you instructions on which door to enter and exit and what auditorium to attend. Once the maximum number of tickets is taken for an auditorium, it will be considered full. Like I said, we hope to have children's ministries up and going soon. Now, in regards to these auditoriums, there's certain auditoriums that certain groups of people can sit in. Parents with preschool children will be asked to sit in the middle school auditorium. And parents with school age up to third grade will be asked to sit in the high school auditorium. However, hear me out, please. Be mindful of your kiddo is being distracting and please remove yourself from the service. Young children are not encouraged in our North and South Auditorium as this is where we will continue to film our services for online services and we want to limit distractions and we want to give those who have broken immune systems, who are older and unable to come, the best possible experience in their homes. Children's temps, once we get children's ministries gone, and as you're dropped off, we will be checked. We have ordered no contact thermometers that will read the temperature of your child to create a safe environment. When you sign up for your ticket, you'll get instructions on which, the, which parking lot and entrance to use. This will help us safely enter and leave the building following the guidelines we have been given. First, and third services will park in the north lot, and second service will park in the west parking lot. There won't be time between services to meet and talk with each other inside the building. Because of our limited number of people in our building at the time, we will need to escort one group of people out before we allow the next group of people in. And we also will need to do some sanitizing between services as well. However, once you are outside, feel free to see and visit with each other in a safe distancing manner. We will not hand out bulletins and we will not pass the offering plates. We will have drop spots in the service for you to drop your offering in. If you are coming for the next service and sitting outside, we ask that you wait in your car until you're instructed to be able to enter. We will bring you in as soon as we can or outside of your car with good social distancing. Another thing, bring your own coffee, okay? <laughs> we won't have our cafe set up at this time. If you have any symptoms of sickness, please stay home. Please sanitize your hands as you enter the building. Feel free to wear a mask if you feel more comfortable in wearing one. Now, here's where the word usage. They ask you to consider wearing one. It doesn't mean you have to. And so as we look at these documents, words recommended or considered doesn't mean that you have to. You don't have to wear a mask. But if you feel more comfortable, then do so. Avoid contact with other people while you're in the building. Now, listen, I have to talk to myself. I'm going to want a hug. I'm going to want a high five, but we're going to learn to air high five and air hug, okay? We can do this together. We know this is different. The goal of this is so that we can continue to meet without causing an outbreak. And by the way, we reserve the right to make necessary changes that line up with new information that continues to come forward. Listen, 
we want to be agile leaders, okay? And so even as I'm reading this right now, there might be some changes that come up even this week based upon information that we receive. Please be flexible and pray that Jesus is exalted in the transition time, okay? Can we do that? We also have a kids' ministry plan once we get up and rolling with children's ministries. Volunteers wash your hands often, including before and after they serve. Volunteers and kiddos will get their temp checked. As CDC recommends that people with a fever over 100.4 should not be permitted in the room. Volunteers and kiddos will sanitize their hands as they come into the room. Volunteers will sanitize the room after the service is over. Cleaning will include surfaces and objects that are frequently touched. Toys, games, doorknobs, light switches, etc. Toys that children have placed in their mouths or that are otherwise contaminated by body touches should be set aside. Children's books, like other per-based materials such as mail or envelopes, are not considered a high risk for transmission and do not need additional cleansing and cleaning. These sanitizing procedures are in addition to procedures we already have in use for preschool and tiny town. Hear me out. If COVID-19 is confirmed in a child, a volunteer, or a staff member, We will close off all areas used by the person who is sick. We will open outside doors and windows to increase air circulation in the areas. We will wait 24 hours or as long as possible before you clean or disinfect to allow respiratory droplets to settle before cleaning and disinfecting. We will clean and disinfect all areas used by the person who is sick, such as offices, bathrooms, and common areas. If more than seven days have passed since the person who is sick visited or used the facility, additional cleaning and disinfection is not necessary. We will continue routine cleaning and disinfection. All that to say this. I can't wait. (laughs) And hear me out. It will be different. It was different for Noah. But you know what? He trusted in his God. And we have done the best job that we thought we could do by putting this together for you. It's not perfect, but we are doing our best to protect you and your precious kiddos and your precious parents and to protect every person who walks in the doors of Grace Community Church. We are doing our best so that we can gather together as one and hear voices and see faces and gather together and worship our God. So next Sunday, Mother's Day, what a great day. Moms, we will celebrate you here live. And for those of you who choose not or are unable to meet with us online, praise God for that. Lord, we love you. And God, these are unprecedented times, but they were for Noah. And God, you're looking for agile leaders and agile families and agile people. I pray, God, that we would adjust well and quickly. And Lord, I ask, please, I pray that you would put walls of protection from the COVID virus from this place. I pray for healing for those who now have it. I pray, God, that Indiana on July the 4th would be able to get back to a new place because we have done everything we have done can do as a state to honor, to carefully walk through this times so that this virus doesn't spread. Lord, lead us 
And may this process, God, as we walk with you, may you get greater glory and may hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus Christ. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. I have a video that we released at Prayer Encounter on Wednesday night. And every time I watch it, I cry because I love Grace Community Church. And it means I love you. And these faces are a reminder of me of who Grace is. And I love the song that says, I want to go back to church. Watch this with me. <laughs> 